Hey folks, just a warning here at the top of the show, there is a little bit of sexually explicit content in the first segment. It's nothing crazy, but if you have kids around and you don't want to have to explain what the word orgasm means, you should probably find some earbuds. Okay, Kelly, for the listeners who have been listening for a while, I have a tale from my box to tell. Tales from your box. I have tales from my box. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So the other week I was reading this article about, it was about something else. I don't even remember what the article was about because this one line just like jumped out at me, right? And it said, women don't just orgasm during sex. They also orgasm during childbirth, exercise, and a bunch of other stuff, right? Okay. So, and I- Is I this should, true? As someone who's had a kid, I have not like tested that theory. Right. Well, I had, I've had- a chance of one and I did not have an orgasm okay. so okay there's that <laughs> test of noted one. um and so then but like the thing that caught me was exercise because I'm like I do that all the time <laughs> and so then I was like thinking back I was like have I ever like had like have I ever had a near miss orgasm have, has this ever happened and I remembered this time when I was like I was must have been like in my early 20s and I was in the gym and you know like the leg raise machine that you do you put your back flat against it and you kind of put Uh your arms into it it's like for your lower abs right and you like pick your legs up and down while you're sitting Uh uh-huh so Uh I was doing straight leg ones of course because they're harder than the bent leg ones anyway I was (laughs) I was doing that and I started to get this feeling like this like physiological response so just to be clear I'm talking about like just a pure like physical response I wasn't like daydreaming about hot firemen I was just like lifting my legs up and then I started to get this feeling like oh I might have an orgasm and so I decided to go for it (laughs) and just keep going and I thought like something's gonna go like either my like like something is gonna go into spasm whether it's like my abs or whatever so anyway I did accomplish the outcome good you you achieved your goal I did I achieved my goal that day in the gym yeah and so I was what did people what did people think in the gym oh I was I had to keep this on I had to like be it was the most control I've probably ever okay had to. yeah noted yeah. Okay. yeah that's a good good question um so I thought maybe I would write about this because I'm like do other people have this experience like do other women like have this kind of response and so I immediately went to the kitchen and my friend Karen who's living with us right now I asked her if she had had this and she like immediately said yes like one time in high school she had an orgasm while she was climbing the rope, you know? So I really, I don't, I feel like you guys aren't doing this right, you know? Okay, I th- it's like something to do with the muscles you're contracting internally. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to be contracting those muscles when you climb a rope. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. So anyway, on Tuesday, I went to the... I went to my box to the CrossFit gym. You can just say gym, Sarah. I know, right? but I want to say... <laughs> okay. I went to the CrossFit gym and lo and behold, for the first time since I've been there, we were climbing the rope. And? So, no, I'm not telling you yet. Okay. So after the break, we're going to hear more about my experiences of being a newbie at CrossFit. We're going to talk about uh, the fact that the last chance to qualify for Kona for Pros is coming on this week. And should 70.3 world champs time be moved? And I will tell you if my rope climbing was a satisfying experience. 
If you want to support If We Were Riding and at the same time get some soft, comfy activewear with empowering phrases on it, head over to askkickerink.com, ink with a K, find your fave top or leggings, or both, and order using the code RIDING, as in If We Were, to get 20% off. Shipping is free for orders over $75 to the U.S. or Canada, so order a gift for a friend and save on shipping too. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross, and you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. All right, we're all we're dying to know what what happened in the CrossFit gym, Sarah. In, in your box in your box. What happened? Okay, so so okay, no, I didn't have an orgasm. Um, but I did really love learning how to climb that rope. Like I've never done that before. You know, where you like swing your foot around, you swing it around your foot, and you kind of like push off, and you go, you climb up the rope. Have you done this before, Kelly? Yeah, I didn't know that there was like a whole process. One, I did not know that orgasming was involved. Two, I didn't know there was a whole process. I just climbed the rope. Is that? Oh, yeah, you got to get you do your, it. Oh, you pro- you could probably do it a lot better. If oh, you well like. noted. Clearly, <laughs> since <Okay>. <laughs> clearly, clearly, there's a whole other level of experience. But okay, so before we move on, I just want to say, if anyone who's listening, if have ever had this experience of like feeling even like a little bit of a feeling that you might have an orgasm during exercise I want to know about it so because I'm going to write about it so but you're not like you don't want to hear about like oh bike seats or anything you want like muscles oh it could be either way anything okay. during exercise that kind of like took you by surprise like where <laughs> you you know it's not <laughs> um so and sex doesn't count as an exercise like I want like I want some stories Sex doesn't count as an exercise. (laughs) This is bullshit. So, okay, so send me your stories to Sarah, S-A-R-A, no H, at livefeistyebeforei.com. So send me your stories. I want to hear them. Um, Okay. So, but Kelly, you know what? Like being a newbie at CrossFit, I feel like I've been learning a lot about how to be a better coach. Really? Uh just from the experience like you're not actually gonna start incorporating crossfit in your workouts for your athletes oh no it's more like okay so it's like this experience that i haven't had for many years of being like really really inept sometimes at things so (laughs) so, so. you're like like, i'm just so talented i don't usually experience being inept so i couldn't connect with you people fyi no what i'm saying is i've been like i'm used to being like mediocre or whatever but like literally sometimes I am really really bad like I want to like cry and run away right yeah like it's like I can't like some of the um lifting technique and stuff like it's been really hard for me so I'm like learning new things and I really like I really really love it but it's like allowed me to connect with how some people feel coming like as an adult for example to learn how to swim Mm-hmm. You know, and I realize like how much like the other people around you have this power to either, especially the coach um, who our coach is really good at my CrossFit gym, but like they have the power to make you feel comfortable or not with where you're at or make you feel like you're improving within your own 
Realm. I did. I did accidentally make a woman cry at CrossFit one time because she and I like and I did not feel inept. FYI, Sarah. So I was a little bit like, why are you crying? She was very overwhelmed and I like ran into her on accident and it just it just it just deteriorated. Descended. OK. And so did uh, yeah. you use the power that you had then to make her feel better? No, I said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was <laughs> then I was like, why is this woman crying? I don't understand why anyone is crying at the gym. Well, okay. You don't cry at the gym. <laughs> like that's not there's crying, no crying is not part gym. of yeah. <laughs> crying is not part of working out. No, and to be fair, like it's not like I actually have cried. But like it's more just like that little piece of understanding of where people are coming from if they're like if they're not really feeling comfortable. That I think I knew that before and I knew like in coaching you have someone swimming and they're literally scared that they're going to drown. Right. Right. And that is not something that I have like experienced probably since I can't remember, like since I was three years old. So it's like good to have that kind of memory of like, okay, this is what like that the power is mine as coach to make someone feel like they can improve a ton. The other thing I I think, too, is that I've seen people I think like in triathlon where I've seen like some, you know, somebody's like a little bit overweight. They're not very fit. They maybe come to a triathlon camp. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. I know that they I see something in them that they don't necessarily see because they see themselves as the like overweight. Oh, couch for sure. And, and sometimes like, you can like get them to jump out of that for a second and do something crazy. And then they're like, holy shit, turns out I actually am capable of all this other stuff. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. where like I think of sometimes I think when I think of myself in CrossFit, I think of those people when I'm like, I see the athlete inside sometimes people and I'm like, okay, you just keep going because in a year you're going to be fucking amazing. So. So you're hoping that that's what they I'm see hoping. in you. I'm hoping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So this past weekend was actually the last weekend I'm trying to think when this airs. Yeah, this past weekend was the last weekend for Kona qualification. I believe like across the board, like for age groupers, for pros, period. Like if you didn't qualify, by now you're not going. FYI, surprise. Right. 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 So, so the, um, Kona, the people who are going to Kona, it's known. They know they're going now. It's set. Yeah. So, well, so the last races were the past weekend for the last, the last time we're going to use the point system for the pros. And so there are a lot of people racing to get some more points and move up and make that August cutoff, which then I believe Ironman like notifies the people that are in the cutoff on Monday. They have like a day to accept their slot. And a couple actually rolled down because Tim Don, who had the crazy injury at last year after crashing into the car or the car hit him or he went through the car. I don't remember, but he had like the neck brace and like broke his fucking neck. He did not originally make the cutoff, but somebody above him actually turned the spot down on Tuesday and it like surprise rolled down to Tim Don on Wednesday. So like, so it's a, it's a whole like process, but it was very dramatic this past week. Yeah. And I think one of the fun parts was those top three girls at Ironman Mont Tremblant who all, Oh my gosh, you said that so French. I'm sorry. The top three women, I should have said that. No, 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 no. You said Um, that was not the French part. The French part was the Mont Tremblant. I, I'd actually dumbed down my Mont Tremblant (laughs) (laughs) for you. I tried. Oh, man. Obviously okay. unsuccessfully. <laughs> yeah, there was. I mean, there were a few races where people were really going after points to try to move themselves up in the rankings to be in that top 35 for women, 50 for men. Um, and there was more movement in the women's side, which is probably why it was like more exciting, <laughs> which is probably because there was more people fighting for fewer spots. That's why there was more movement. movement. Um, so, yeah, the three women at Mont Tremblant. Mont Tremblant. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> Meredith Kessler, uh, Liz Blatchford, and Lauren Brandon, they all needed variations of like second or third or whatever to get enough points. And and they all got, and then they were one, two, three, and they, they were all hugging at the end and like cheering each other on. It was very emotional. It was definitely a success story. But as you mentioned in the newsletter this week, there's for every success story, there are the people who don't make it too, right? And they those people work just as hard and yes. probably are just as deserving to be there. And so that includes um, actually Haley Chura, who I think really should be there. Uh, she's the... Well, she ended up like, what, 37th or something on the list? And I, I mean, she obviously... She dismissed it by a couple But it was like spots. two, yeah. And she got pushed out by a couple of those people that had great races this past weekend, and they pushed her down with the points. And so, yeah, for everybody that makes some goal, like somebody else does it. That's just how... That's how sport works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, to Haley's credit, she talked about it this week on the Iron Women podcast, which came out yesterday, if people haven't heard it yet. Um, So I thought it was, I I think it's great that she spoke about it openly. And Angela Nath, uh, like you mentioned in the newsletter, who's been dealing with her struggles with Lyme disease and just like kind of tried to raise herself back into shape it looks like she's had i mean she's done like three iron man said she came out about having lyme disease or something it's like kind of crazy and Uh, she's not even really kind of over it like she still talks about how it's affecting her while racing an iron man um which is has been a really interesting journey to watch so we'll we'll be interested to see what happens but yeah she she missed out too so yeah it's it's tough obviously this is how sports work. It's like one of the lessons you, it's like, it's like why we want kids to play sports along with like hard work can pay off. You also learn how to deal with losing, right? Like these are things about sports that are what they are. And part of the, you know, the joy and the beautiful pain, Sarah. Yes. It's so true. The other thing though, that becomes super obvious. If you, (laughs) if you spend a lot of time looking at race results and race calendars, which I'm sure you do, Sarah, in your retirement, it becomes very clear that some people spend even more time looking at race calendars and are like very good at picking races. Cause obviously in the, like this won't be as true anymore now that there's only like one slot per race and it's, it is what it is. But in the point system, you know, some races were, th- were worth different points, but you didn't know how, what kind of field was going to show up there. So you would look at like the entry list and look at the points and try and weigh like how high you could be. And some people are definitely better. It's like, Definitely a skill. 100% a skill. Yeah, trying to pick the races. I think it might, I think the news with the new system where you basically win and you go, I mean, to oversimplify the system, um, I think that it might be even more about that or just a a variation on how to cherry pick because you're basically trying to choose a race where like a world champion isn't going to show up. It's true. And it's like, so I'm not, so I came to this realization this weekend because you do see you do see like the same people that you're like, man, they're not that much better than me, but they're on the podium all the time. And they're just like really good at picking races. And I was like, I'm so bad at it. I will pick things that I'm like, oh, I'm sure that won't be that. And then everyone fucking does it. Uh, and I can't figure out why I'm so bad at it, but I was talking to some friends too. And they were like, oh yeah, I'm, I realized I'm really bad at it. One of them was like, I'm really bad at it. Are you good at this? Is there, who is good at this? I'm definitely not good at this. Um, <laughs> but I did realize something. One th- I have one tip basically okay it came to me late in the game that when a race is kind of what you say like an easy lighter field the year before then that's the race that everybody goes to true true so everybody tries to cherry pick like you I think I would look into the results like historically like drill down and find out (laughs) and then like sometimes if a race has 
historically been overly like it's been a really hard race where lots of people show up then sometimes those are the ones that people don't show up to so I think you need like a you need like a massive chart with like fields over time rated Um, obviously obviously uh Torsten has done some of this he does have like a whole chart aggregating the races but that doesn't always take into account like a race might have changed in points value or money value so it changed in competitiveness one year to another oh it's terrible sarah steve my husband says i should just find out which races the girls that are really good at this are signed up for and do those races i don't know if that holds (laughs) thanks for your input steve (laughs) but but I feel like if other people, if everybody does that. Also, do those people who seem to podium a lot, do they also race more? Yeah, that yeah, he has that too. And obviously there's also um, certain regions of the world that are not as deep. Uh, even if like the top people are as good, there just aren't as many. It, it, there's a lot of things that go into it. Sure, um, if you're willing to travel to Asia, for example, you're, yeah. you're going to be more likely to get a field that you might podium in. I have noticed this. Not Here's to, my, you know, foreshadow what I'm planning on doing next month, but. <laughs> okay, I have some advice. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Okay. Train to be good enough to win anyway. I'm, yeah. All right, I'm just going to have to, like, win Oceanside, because that's my, like, local. So, oh, well. Too okay. bad. Okay. Sorry, Holly Lawrence. Yeah. Right. Plan. Done. But it is true that this is, I think you're right that this is going to be even like funnier and trickier under the new system because everyone's trying to pick like the one race that they can get a spot at because the first races for the new system to qualify for 2019, um, where there's like one spot a race, win it or don't are like this weekend. And then move, like, it's going to be like Ironman oh. Wisconsin. And so did you look at the start list for Ironman Barcelona? There oh. are 54 men. Whoa. Because yeah. everyone's trying to win while everybody else is kind of busy with their Kona prep. So I think everyone thought, oh, this is going to be a cherry pick. I'll do this one. And, to- and it never works out. It never, ever works. Right. So what you do is you think, okay, here's the tip. You th- if you're trying to cherry pick a race as a pro, even as an age grouper, you think about how someone would think who's trying to cherry pick. And then you do the opposite thing. There you go. Perfect logic. It's going to work out great. It's great. <laughs> exactly. So we're all going to end up at Santa Rosa next year or Boulder. We're all going to do Boulder. Boulder. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so I, speaking of which. Because I was going to um, say, I also obviously really do prioritize I, what races I actually like. And also a smart plan. Go to the right. races you like. Yeah. So, which is, I talked about a little bit in the newsletter this week. Like, what are your our favorite races? And I, we actually argued about this on our trip at Swim Run because I announced that Ironman Wisconsin is the best Ironman in North America. And you, you thought this was inaccurate. It's so, inaccurate. Mont Tremblant. Mont Tremblant is the best <laughs> race in North America. Uh, Mont Tremblant is fine. I like the little village. It's cute. I hate the run. The run is stupid. But do we just feel this way because you won Mont Tremblant and I like got second at Wisconsin and like we like love, right? Is that just like why we like love them? Because they were like, we have good connotations. It's all positive. Yeah, there's definitely a factor that your, I mean, my image of race venues is also skewed by a variety of factors. Like winning would be one of them, obviously, because winning is an amazing experience. Um, I think another one for me has been, for example, I really liked Ironman Brazil. Um, which I wouldn't say is like the most amazing course. It's not 
an ugly place, but it's not the most beautiful place. You know, it's kind of an average race, but I always had really fun experiences there traveling with a group. I used to go with Ken Glaw's group, as did so many people. So you were all in this kind of like community environment. I used to have such fun trips. Like sometimes my most fun trip as a pro, I think was a race that I DNF'd. Um, but I remember that race. It was in Brazil. I remember that race because I was like, that was so fun. I remember the people who were on it and the jokes that we made. So that also skews my. Right, um, right. So it depends kind of. There's a few factors. Um, but yeah, so, definitely good vibes. If you were going to be completely objective, what are your favorite races? I enjoyed being at Lake Placid too, even though I did not have a good race experience at Lake Placid. So I think realistically... You're right. Iron Man, Wisconsin. Yeah, I would put I would put Montremblant, Placid, and like, and like Placid. Whistler, like at well, yeah, right, like below that as all like very good races too. Yeah, I think my only issue with Whistler, like I want to say that I love it because of Iron Man Canada, because it's, it's Iron Man Canada, but by comparison to Penticton, where it used I know, to be, I know, I know. like you can't win, and also, um, also it's too like it's it's a, a ski resort, right? So like some years it snows. This yeah, year yeah. it was the weather was in the 90s um, and it's a really, really hard course. And I just it's not for everyone. So. It's not for everyone. No, I do like the little village, though, and everything. And mm-hmm. I like that run because it's fun. I'm all about fun runs. It turns out <laughs> like exactly. my primarily my primary requirement for a race is it has to be a fun run. So <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think. I somebody emailed me. They agreed about Wisconsin, but they also like Montreal. Uh, I'm trying to think if anybody else told me any of their favorite races. People should tell us what are their favorite races, any race. It doesn't have to be an Ironman race. One of my favorites is Escape from Alcatraz. It's like a great, and it's a, it's like a non-Ironman. It's a, it's a quirky, weird event. So yeah, and we've obviously think, kept it in North America too. I mean, yeah. and everybody talks about it, and it's so true that racing in Europe is a whole different experience. Right. Um, I loved Ironman Austria. Ironman Switzerland would be a very close second to that. Um, okay. Those are but those are experiences that as triathletes, I think, if you do Ironman, you should do it once at least. Have you done Roth? Because that is on my list. I do think I might do that in the next year or two. No, I have not done Roth. <laughs> um, Roth. Roth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely, that is definitely a lot of people's bucket list race. Wanaco is also on my list for a little while too, because it sounds very cool, so... See, bucket list, guys. You got to go out. I would say that in the long run, I will probably also add Swim Run Casco Bay to some of one of my, like, favorite weird little things, right? Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. 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 Once we, like, give it a little a little bit of time and then mm-hmm. in perspective, and Kelly and I will be, like, our favorite, our favorite swim run. <laughs> All right, it's my favorite. It's the best one I've ever done, so... <laughs> Okay, so after the break, we're going to have Kelly's big idea of the week that Iron Man should definitely consider stealing from her. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at Ass Kicker Inc., Ink with a K dot com and crave jerky crave with a K dot com. If you don't already follow us on all the social medias at if we were writing on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If We Were Writing is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real and I'm feeling so ruthless. So Kelly, I know that you're dying to tell us what is your big idea of the week. Here's my revelation. Ready? This is my big idea. Big idea. Move 70.3 worlds to May. Boom. End to of discussion. May. To the it's month a- of May. Yes. Okay. Now tell us your reasons. Okay. It used to be in like November and then you would, and then it always got like the shaft because everybody would do Kona. So they moved it to like a month before Kona, which was smart so people could use it to warm up. Right. But we're still being artificially confined by this March to October season that's defined by the peak of Kona. We have no reason to do that anymore. There are races around the year. Like we don't have to be constrained by the, the, the specter of the big Island, right? We can have a race when we have a championship race whenever. And arguably, if you really want the best people, you should put it far enough away that they can have a two peak season, which most of us do anyway. To, I mean, obviously everyone trains differently. We don't all peak, but the concept of like a two peak season, and then you would like come in target May, early May recover and then do Kona. Like that would really be the way to get like the most depth, best field, spread out your season, give people two big targets, uh, like at different points of the year. This is a brilliant idea, Sarah. I actually do think it's a brilliant idea. For once, I'm going to agree with you. And I also for think... For once? Oh, and also, for like the people in the Southern Hemisphere, for the us, the Aussies, the Kiwis, for um, South Americans, they also would have a race that's at the end of their season. Too. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a global perspective. Yeah, there's no reason not to have a global perspective on the sport in this day and age. Like, let's move into the 21st century. Yeah, there you go, Iron so, Man. Boom. Yeah, just take my idea. I have lots of them. That one's free. All right, all right, all right, all right. You ready? One. <laughs> One. One, two, two three. three. <laughs> it wasn't at the same time. It was. I think you just have like a delay on your video. God damn it, Sarah. <laughs> okay, let's, do it. let's do it again. Okay, okay and then I'll be quiet after. Okay, all right. One, One two, two, three. Three.